today we have uh, I have the privilege to share with you First Thessalonians two seventeen to twenty. Uh, let's turn there and then I shall read to you. I was I think the fonts are a bit small. I will start with verse seventeen. But we brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoured the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. In previous week, we have um, heard some of the background of First Thessalonians. Nonetheless, let me uh, briefly reiterate some of the sequence of events so that we are all on the same page. After they ended their um, trip at Philippi, uh, Paul and his t- missionary team arrived in Thessalonica and started to share the gospel with, uh, with the people there. When more and more people started to believe in Jesus, um, the non-believing Jews started to persecute uh, Paul and his missionary team, who is uh, consists of Silas and Timothy that time. And because of that, uh, Paul can only stay in Thessalonica for a very short period of time, like about three weeks, uh, as written in Acts 17.2. He was then immediately sent from, um, from Berea, uh, sent from Thessalonica to Berea, and from Berea eventually to Athens. After, um, yeah, patterns. I think the, the map is a bit small. Maybe the next slide will be a clearer picture. Um, Silas and Timothy actually stayed behind for some time uh, before uh, they, they went off and, and meet Paul again at Athens. After meeting Paul, Timothy was sent back to Thessalonica again uh, to encourage uh, the believers over there. And two years later, Timothy and Paul uh, met at Corinth. And this was when Paul uh, wrote 1 Thessalonians. So one of, the, one of Timothy's feedbacks to Paul was uh, the believers at Thessalonica were under persecution. After Paul uh, heard that, he immediately wrote letters to encourage and strengthen the saints at, at Thessalonica. And that's exactly the main team for First Thessalonians. And you can trace this, uh, this team, underlying team, throughout the whole uh, five chapters. I've been reading First Thessalonians um, repeatedly as part of the preparation for today's sermon. Um, and I found that um, there's so much to learn about Paul's uh, passion towards the Thessalonica pe- uh, believers. And this evening, uh, we're going to look at Paul's heart uh, towards the Thessalonian believers, uh, specifically through the four verses that I have just read. The title of my message is uh, Paul's Heart uh, Towards the Thessalonian Believers, Three Things I Learned. First, um, let's look at the verse 17. Uh, but we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, Endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Paul described the separation between um, Paul and the believers at Thessalonica as 
uh, a child that was being separated from, from his parents and become an orphan. The phrase being taken from you in verse 17 actually uh, is translated as being orphaned in some translation. Uh, the phrase allows us to have a glimpse of, what, of the kind of relationship that Paul has with uh, the, the Thessalonian uh, believers. Um, they were like father and son. In fact, a couple of verses earlier, uh, in verse 11, Paul himself mentioned that uh, their relationship is like father and his children. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 2.11. 1 Thessalonians 2.11, we read, As ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doeth his children. Based on these verses, um, we know that they have a very close relationship, a relationship that almost like uh, family. Two weeks ago, my paternal uncle passed away in my home country. I thank God that he's a believer and now he's in heaven. He's my dad's only brother, and thus our family is quite close to him. Given my situation here, I couldn't go back to attend uh, his funeral. But I did send text messages to, to encourage my dad and my um, my uncle's wife, who is now a widow. At times like this, I'm, I'm very thankful that God gave human the wisdom to develop apps like WhatsApp, Facebook. Uh, so in my little um, family WhatsApp chat group, um, many encouraging messages, uh, Bible verses and prayers uh, were being typed out in, in that chat group. And in fact, during the actual funeral, uh, my aunt was able to send me voice uh, messages too. We were both encouraged despite uh, that difficult uh, time. As I reflected back um, that incident, I asked, why do we do this? Spending time messaging each other, praying for each other, calling each other, even though we are like 10,000 miles apart. The reason is simple. Um, we do that because we are family and we care for one another another. Even though Paul was separated from the believers at Thessalonica, he still wrote words of encouragement to the believers at Thessalonica because he was close to them and he treated them almost like his family. Secondly, the fellow brethren at Thessalonica were always in Paul's heart even though they were apart. In verse 17, again we read, but we brethren being taken from you for a short time in present, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Physical separation did not stop uh, Paul from remembering uh, his fellow brethren in Thessalonica. If I can put it in a crude way, um, Paul was actually uh, like saying to the Thessalonian believers, we are physically apart, but our hearts are, are still joined together. We have to be mindful, uh, of course, that back in Paul's days, um, they, they did not have Facebook, uh, Messenger, cell phone, or Instagram, right? So they literally communicated uh, via uh, word of mouth or written letters. So it's, it is amazing to see how Paul uh, can maintain that passion towards the Thessalonica believers even though he was not able to meet them in person. It amazed me uh, how 
Paul, it, it amazed me how Paul still wrote such passionate letters to Thessalonians, even after being away from them for about uh, almost two years. The Thessalonian brethren have certainly left a mark in, in Paul's heart. Of course, the feedback provided by Timothy when he met Paul at Athens and Corinth had also helped Paul to remember them by heart as well. So, um, to, to, give a, to, give, to illustrate this, I, I give one example and don't tell Billy this. I seldom pray for him when he's physically here um, in Houston. Maybe I took him for granted uh, or I didn't take heart to pray for him. Uh, now he's in India. Uh, to my surprise, I, I actually started to pray um, more often for him and his family. Uh, this may not be the best illustration, but I, I found out that if my heart misses someone that I care, uh, the natural outflow of it is to want to do something for this person. For Paul, the Thessalonian believers were always in his heart, even though they were separated. To sum up the first two points, uh, we look further down in verse 17 and 18. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Here, Paul wished to see their face with great desire. This was the same kind of desire as um, Jesus had to be with his disciples uh, before his death on the cross, as recorded in Luke uh, twenty-two fifteen. And Paul attempted to visit them not just once, but twice. However, on both occasions, we know that Satan hindered him. And so we ask, um, what drove this desire of Paul? What made him wanted to visit the Thessalonians twice, even though Satan hindered him? May I suggest uh, it is because Paul treated them like family, and Paul loved and remembered them by heart. The third point, which I think is the most important, is that Paul had a heart that wanted to point people towards God. Again, um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19 to 20, we read, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Oftentimes when one is down or felt uh, defeated, the only thing that keeps him going is hope. Paul knew the Thessalonian believers were going through persecution and, and, and therefore he encouraged the believers by pointing them towards the second coming of Christ. Today we are not focusing on the second coming uh, event itself, but the hope of it. Paul knew that it is the hope in Christ's second coming that will keep the believers move forward in faith. He wanted the saints at Thessalonica to know that um, he was full of joy, knowing that he will meet them when Christ comes again, and he would rejoice when he saw them bringing glory to Christ 
at his second coming. He also suggested, although indirectly, that he will have a crown of rejoicing because of them. We know that the crowns are not for personal glory, uh, but for us to lay down before the throne of God eventually. As we read in uh, Revelation 4, 10 to 11, the four and the twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. They cast their crowns before the throne. In other words, Paul is encouraging the, the saints to look forward the rewards that one may have if one faithfully labours for God or suffer persecution for God. Well, you know, Paul did not point them to look back. Um, if you take one step back and, and think about it, Paul has all the right to feel discouraged because Satan has hindered him from visiting Thessalonica twice, as we read in verse 18. However, immediately after verse 18, Paul asked a rhetorical question that eventually led the readers to look forward to the second coming of Christ with joy, hope, and crown of rejoicing. Paul did not give in to regret or self-pity, and he did not want his fellow brethren at Thessalonica to feel that way either. All he wanted uh, was that they look forward to the second coming of Christ in faith. All right, we have looked at the three points from the perspective of Paul. Uh, hearts towards the Thessalonian believers. Paul treated them like family. Paul remembered and loved them by heart. And Paul pointed them towards the hope for the second coming of Christ. It's not too hard to notice uh, where Paul learned all these qualities from. Yes, it is from Jesus Christ himself. So from Jesus' life, we can see that he adopted us as his children in Galatians 4. Galatians 4, verse 4 to 6, we read, But when the fullness of the time has come, was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the, adoptions, the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Moving on, Jesus remembers and loves each and every believer even though he has gone back to heaven. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, which we know is uh, the Great Commission, we read, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The believers are always in Jesus' heart, even though he's, he's now in heaven. And finally, Jesus foretold his second coming. It is always his intention to make known uh, to the believers so that they can look forward to it. Uh, in Matthew 24, 30, we read, and, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, 
and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great, great glory. Paul emulated Jesus because he walked with Jesus. Through the four verses, uh, we were able to see Paul's heart towards the Thessalonian believers, and we know that this is the result of his relationship with Jesus. And this effect further cascaded down to the Thessalonian believers who were in turn encouraged by Paul. Now, uh, it's time to land the flight, as Pastor Ron always says in his sermon. So what's, what's the application? How do we apply it in our lives? Um, let's start with some questions. Um, is there anyone that you haven't seen in a while? Someone that you remember and love by heart? Someone that you are close to but not able to meet him or her in person? Billy, Lisa, baby Timmy perhaps? Let's send a text to encourage the person that the Holy Spirit brought to your mind. Uh, let's point them to Christ. Let them know that you are praying for them. Let them know that you are looking forward to the second coming of Christ. Two weeks ago, I received some news about my visa and job status. Both were not very good news. I was feeling really, really down. Some of you may know. Out of the blue, um, one church brother whom I haven't seen for the past two weeks, I believe he went for a vacation, he texted me. The message went like this, praying for you and your family today. I trust all is well. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday. Simple text message. But do you know how much uh, it actually encouraged me at that time? It is amazing how God always put the right person at the right time. His text message actually reminded me that God is always faithful. He cared to have someone praying for me during that uncertain time. If you ask me who this brother is, I can only say that he's a person who treasures church family, cares and prays for church members even though he may be physically away, and he points people to God. In short, let's encourage someone today, shall we? Before we close, um, it is important to note that if you have not believed in Jesus, uh, it is difficult to understand all these things, how all these things work together. If you want to experience what Paul had, uh, you have to first trust in Jesus Christ. You can receive Jesus into your heart by humbly asking him for forgiveness, and accepting him as your personal savior by faith. If you have more questions about your salvation, please approach one of the pastors or elders at Arise Baptist Church. Or if you are watching online, um, you can always send an email or Facebook message to the pastoral team. Once again, it's a privilege to share with the Word of God with you all today. Let's close in prayer. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for this short time of uh, studying of your word. We thank you once again uh, for being always faithful uh, to us. Lord, teach us how to encourage one another, encourage those that are far away. Lord, may you continue to 
strengthen our faith. Um, may you bless the week ahead, the remaining week ahead. We are thankful once again uh, for the, all the things that have given us, the rain, the weather, everything. We, we are very grateful for that. We commit the rest of the prayer time into your hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.